All right, folks, we're going to come in with this uh, this show today um, dealing with, again, the marijuana legalization issue to legalize marijuana for recreational purposes in the state of Arizona. We have as our guest today, well, we have Nikisa Azizi again, and we have Scott Menor, or Maynard. Uh, I hope I have that I'm correct. Here. Uh, okay. Uh, you hit it right the first time. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. And um, he is involved with, the, I'm not sure exactly his title, but he'll let us know in a second. He's involved with this pack called Safer Arizona 2018 that's involved with this um, initiative to get on the ballot. A uh, initiative in the 2018 November general election to legalize recreational marijuana. You might also, guys, have heard about Legalize 2018. That's the actual organization trying to get it on the ballot. And he can maybe cover this distinction a little bit. But um, you, you guys know we it, it failed. Uh, you guys may know it failed in 2016. Well, Prop 205 failed. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's totally yeah. different than our, from our initiative. Well, right. Yeah. But it was trying to legalize yeah. recreational marijuana. Right. right. So anyhow, but these guys are got a deadline coming up, and, and they're in the fight to get it on the ballot. And uh, we're going to get more background on this whole issue from Scott. So, Scott, briefly, just I want to let people know that you're, you're an activist and, and all, and you were... Um, Almost got on the ballot to uh, be in the uh, primary uh, to run in. Now was that th- that was sixteen? Uh, you were uh, in congressional uh, district. Twenty eighteen. It was this cycle. Twenty eighteen. Okay, twenty eighteen. Yeah, I can actually yeah. briefly explain how he got involved with our organization. It's related to his. Campaign. Yeah, he he was uh, he yeah. was he was trying yeah, to get on the could. ballot to represent to, to be the Democratic nominee, congressional district five incumbent being Mr. Uh, Biggs. So anyhow, yeah, just just that background, and then Nikisa can give yeah. a little background about his relationship to uh, this uh, legalized yeah. 2018 Safer Arizona. Yeah, so um, Alex Gentry, our chairman of the board for Safer Arizona 2018, the political action committee sponsoring the Safer Arizona Cannabis Legalization Act ballot initiative, uh, and I were at a Our Revolution meeting, an Our Revolution meeting, um, I believe it was in Phoenix, and uh, Scott happened to be there, um, and he was uh, running for office at that time, as you said, in CD5. And um, Scott showed up the next uh, volunteer meeting we had in Tempe, and he wanted to help us out with signatures, collecting signatures, because we need 150,000 signatures by July 5th, 2018, to get it on the ballot. And um, Scott can tell you precisely why it is that he supports our initiative and kind of what catalyzed his involvement. Yeah, so actually, even before then, I became aware of SAFER. And uh, so basically what happened is, I was running, collecting signatures just to get on the ballot, and I kept running into these people who would say, uh, I can't sign that, I'm a felon. I can't sign that, I'm a felon. And I started asking them, why are you a felon? And it turns out a lot of them have felony convictions for cannabis. No, so these are people crimes. who are nonviolent, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. they've lost their civil rights basically because of it. So I started looking into it, and I found the Safer Initiative and uh, Nikisa and Alex uh, and the rest of the organization, and started uh, getting really motivated because I care a lot about uh, dis- I care a lot about people being able to vote. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that people go in, uh, and, and especially actually, if you look at usage across the board, it's roughly equal across all demographics. But if you're black or if you're poor, you're about twice as likely to get a felony conviction and to get arrested. 
I'm so they go to prison, they're in a box, and then they come out and they can't vote, they can't sign a petition. They can't uh, even collect signatures. I'm, I'm curious, yeah, I'm curious exactly. to know, like, at what point did the, the whole becoming a felon and not being able to vote, at what point did that come into play? Like, that, that had to be a, something, like, fairly recent. Uh, I believe that's actually a fairly old thing. It's, it's I, older uh, thing? I don't know the details of the history, but uh, it's it's worth looking into. Glenn, would you? I mean, well, that's, that's your area. Well, area of yeah, Nikisa and I, and I don't know the facts on this. Nikisa and I were talking about this off mic before the show. That uh, she, to her knowledge, that in Arizona, it's different in every state. In yep. Arizona, that after you have sentence, finished your full sentence, even if part of that sentence was on probation, you know, you weren't actually in prison, once you finish your sentence, you've got a seven-year waiting period before you can vote, according to Arizona law, if you have been convicted of a felony. Is this, is this on the state level no. or the federal level or just... It's the state level, and okay. it's state by state. And so... Uh, it's also, if you have a single conviction, there's a procedure for having your rights restored. But, like, when people go in, they tell them about it, but almost no one seems to, to pay attention. I, th- I think that's... And, I think it's interesting. Oh, sorry? I said, I think that's interesting. Um, yeah. That... It's... Go ahead. You know, it's unfortunate that people don't care that much. And then if, th- if someone has multiple convictions, then it's almost impossible. Like, you can get the ACLU involved, and maybe you can have them restored, but it's, it's a real uphill battle. Well, I understand some states, once you've uh, been convicted of a felony for your lifetime, you have no right to vote in that state. And then in some states, after you're, uh, you, you don't have the right to vote while you're serving the felony sentence, but after that yeah. sentence has been served, your full civil rights are restored. That means you have the right to vote after your uh, sentence has we been should, finished. We should probably do a show on that, on the history on the history of that. Because like, uh, I'd, I'd be interested in finding out like when that started. Because I think that just that in and of itself is very telling. Um, especially when there's uh, many people not only falsely convicted, but who are in prison for nonviolent crimes. And that's something yeah. that um, the Safer Arizona Cannabis Legalization Act, our ballot initiative, would address in two ways. Not only would it repeal prohibition so that people are no longer going to prison for cannabis-related offenses, uh, but it would also be retroactive in the sense that it would provide post-conviction relief. So that means that people who are currently incarcerated... Pull them out. Yeah. Um, they can yeah. file to have their sentences and they can modified. Have mm-hmm. expunged from their records. And I don't yeah. know if you guys... Uh, it, it was I think it was going on in New York. It was a she was a doctor and she was actually falsifying records to where black and brown people she was getting them falsely convicted, you know, if they were on probation. Wow. She was getting them literally like falsifying the records to where they would go go to prison. Like for lengthy periods. Like um Yeah, it's a pretty Yeah. <laughs> well it's a money maker when mm-hmm. you're dealing with private prisons and um, you know, with Prop 205 that Glenn alluded to didn't um, pass, there was no post-conviction relief, and it kept felony prohibition in place in the sense that, um, you know, if you exceeded the amount of uh, cannabis that the government allowed you to have, mm-hmm. then you could land back in prison. Right. So, yeah, so I know that, you know, in um, Scott's case, um, being someone who 
you know, is passionate about um, activism and the democratic process, um, the civil rights aspect of our initiative was appealing. Is that, I, I think that's, um, is that, am I accurately yeah, that stating was, uh, that, Scott? That was the big thing for me. I've, I've never tried it. I never, personally, I have no interest in it. And to me, though, this is something that's, as, as the name of the initiative implies, safer than alcohol. It's something that is very commonly used by a lot of people. And to have your civil rights taken away and be locked in a cage because of that is just so it's it's insane and inexplicable. Yeah, appalling. Yeah, yeah and um, yeah. just a couple other pointers about the initiative, apart from um, you know criminalization, is discrimination. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently, um, you know, parents can be discriminated against in custody battles mm-hmm. uh, if one of them's using uh, medical marijuana within they have a card. Um, I've heard of people not getting organ uh, like transplants because they have the medical marijuana yeah, because they and, have yeah if they are and, on cannabis and also if you have the mar- now currently if you have the medical marijuana card it's in the fine print that it negates your Second Amendment right, right to bear arms and but many people don't know that mm-hmm. um, yeah. they just go ahead and oh so, it's on the bill it's a, you know it's on the ballot but they yeah. don't read the fine print so under our initiative there's a protection there for. Uh, your right to bear arms and also use cannabis, which I think makes a lot more sense than discri- um, it makes a lot more sense to me um, for to be more lax with right. cannabis consumers than with so- someone who um, errs on, or someone who goes to alcohol, for example, which is known to uh, create violent tendencies in certain people. Certain people. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you don't see too many potheads committing um, those school shootings. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see them out. You know, punching people at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hungry, happy, sleepy, that's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they're just chilling. Um, Scott, let me ask you this. Uh, let's just say sure. for uh, the, our legalized 2018 does not get enough signatures to get on the ballot in November 18, or it goes down to defeat uh, in 18. Um, either way, uh, PACs usually you know, uh, are independent and outlive they're political action committees. They, they are independent oh, yeah. of specific campaigns. Would would the pack? I presume try and, can, and go on because a lot of people I talk to, like I was just talking to our general um, manager here, Kaja Brown, um, who manages our. our well, I, he, I, he's involved in management, he's the acting manager, acting GM, perhaps. But anyhow, he he's very supportive of this issue, I, I believe. But anyhow, he. Um, he, he was surprised that it, there was a, moving, a move to get it on the ballot in 18. He thought it was going to be 20. And I, that's what a lot of people were saying, that the big push was going to be November 20 because you generally have a bigger voter turnout in presidential elections. And so you'd have a better chance of having more people come to the polls who are supportive of the issue and a better chance for an initiative to get passed. And so I was kind of surprised when I heard about, as well, about this initiative um, you know, being um, pushed for the 2018 midterm uh, general election. So, you know, um, what what was the thinking there? And you know, uh, well, do Scott, you plan to go on? So I, yeah, I can't speak to yeah. um, to the organization, the PACs, and if their okay. motivation. But for me, like this is kind of an urgent issue. This is something like people right now are in prison. People right now have had their rights taken away, and yeah, we can wait, and we may have to if we, uh, we, as you said, don't get on the ballot or don't pass. 
but it's crazy to me not to try as much as we can in the okay. meantime. If if it didn't, would you guys try again? Uh, or keep yeah, trying we absolutely would. And independent of us, so there, I think someone mentioned before Prop 205, which was on the ballot a couple years ago. And uh, it sounds very similar superficially, but this one was really just kind of made by the, the industry, so the, the cannabis industry. Hmm. And it does some things to that, that sound superficially similar, like uh, legalizing for recreational use, but it doesn't include the post-conviction relief. It doesn't include a lot of these things that, that Safer does. So even if um, that one is on the ballot in 2020, I, I would push as much as I could to get Safer on as well, and I would totally support it. Does uh, say, does your does the PAC get involved that you know of, or are you involved with uh, on a federal level um, with regards to the issue of marijuana legalization, both legislatively and as far as administratively? Uh, I mean, you, you may be aware marijuana is illegal on a federal level. Uh, yeah, that can be changed by be Congress. And, but, and, of course, the Obama administration had a different tack with regards to these states that have legalized recreational marijuana, like in Colorado, Oregon, California, and such, in terms of, you know, kind of a hands-off approach. Let them, yeah. you know, um, within certain limits, let them kind of deal with this issue and have a local control going on. Whereas Jeff Sessions, our current AG, has a different attitude, as I'm sure you yeah, know. Yeah, this is a problem with, uh, with legislating, or not legislating, but just having policy decisions that aren't legislated in because as soon as the president changes you get a new ag and uh, if it's jeff sessions then it's it's not going to help the people that uh, were just uh sliding by before support for radio phoenix programming comes in part from myclickurban.com myclickurban offers an event listing service for the public and event promoters in select U.S. cities, including Phoenix, Atlanta, New York, and Los Angeles. More information, including listings of concerts, conventions, cultural and family events, available via their smartphone app and online at myclickurban.com.
side, you know we living in the jungle. Brooklyn, nah, you know we living in the jungle. See them gorillas over there in the park? After dark, we just sparked up the pull triggers. You gotta speak orangutan slang or pull capers. The cops are the cheaters and the trees are the skyscrapers. See in the jungle, we often rumble for loot. Some of us just stumble around, hide a pool, shoot. Get shot, play humble like last year when the cheaters tried to capture my own talk. When you come through, you can get bumped too if you don't got at least four to five gorillas amongst you. The big tree hit with shock and amaze. 41 shots hot, take you out in the blaze. And if not, it should get through the Bronx and the cage into the island where you spend your time counting the days. But still, agriculturally, it's kind of ill. We blow mills, they make it killing and build new lands in the jungle. Shaolin, you know we living in jungle. Shot town, you know we living in jungle. West side, you know we living in jungle. I tell these chimpanzees to be carrying tools. You don't wanna invest your life in a cesspool. Pharmaceutical distributing, breaking the rules. You need to take your monkey off the school and learn about Botswana, Sudan, and Ghana. Mozambique, speak of pride and honor. I understand sometimes we all feel fenced in, but utilize your mind to define dimensions. Just then I lost a little monkey's attention as he stared into the distance, focusing and squinting at a beautiful gazelle that was grazing in the grass with muscular legs and a rhinoceros in the least case scenario. I did try to tell him, hit him with some signs that was a little compelling, little giving on a mission. Not unlike Magellan, which accomplishes spellings, crimes and drug selling in the jungle. Ghana, you know we living in jungle. Cape Town, you know we living in jungle. Joe Bird, you know we living in jungle. I'm talking epileptic episodes off that epinephrine. That albuterol and the mother prescribed medicines. A zombie and insomniac affected the amphetamines. My mom's had me smoking weed from the Netherlands at age 13. Broke apart the scene. A lot of moist weed that was sticky and green. See, in the 80s, it was wine coolers and woolies. The facts of life crack, they've been thinking some truelies. Mike Jack said, kick me, kite me, jew me. Know all the white chicks in the world got booties. He rapped by popular demand. And a nosy or some toucan stand. Not Florida A&M, you not fam, dog. That would be. That's my man. But biceps are isolated with one hand. Triceps are the best of dipsets, but not can. Scandal, governors busted. To the people unite with one plan. I used to write about green eggs and ham. Till I found out the food and drug administration was a scam. Now it's steam. Vegetables, brown, forget the white rice. My life is all I have. Study as I guys live in Spain. Now and again, sing like a shot lights. My right, use my power to shine my light. Function, you know the function. I go to Queens for Queens. I eat organic in Brooklyn. Swing on a vine over the swine and keep them shook. And take the anaconda through the tunnel to the Mecca where the piranha try to ball the style of the persona. You know I keep it on the low like an iguana when the monikers never leave the crib without the llama in the...
right here on Power to the People. When we left off, we were talking about marijuana legislation that the organization Arizona 2018 is attempting to get on the ballot with the signing of petitions for uh, this upcoming November. And so I'm going to let uh, Scott pick up where we left off. We're just, uh, just sliding by before it. So it absolutely has to be changed at the federal level as well. That would be priority. And that was something I was going to work on if I... Uh, I did get into Congress. Well, and one thing that I would add about our initiative that does somewhat mitigate the, um, the the issues that we see on the federal level is that it specifically prohibits the state government from providing intelligence or resources to the feds for purposes of enforcing federal prohibition. And um, there are all kinds of things worked into the initiative that uh, would make it much more difficult. Another Another aspect would be the licensing structure. Um, so in all those other states, uh, you have to get a, uh, you know, a specific license to sell cannabis. Um, and usually they're pretty pricey. Uh, with our initiative, um, we took an open market approach and I wasn't involved in the drafting. Let me back up a second. I, I actually got into this campaign after I would say it's, it was nearly halfway uh, through, so I had I had no part to play in the drafting. I I just supported it because I thought it was a great opportunity. And like um, Scott was saying, you know, why wait till 2020 when we can do the right thing now? At least give it a chance, you know. And um, yeah, so with the uh, SACLA, what happened was um, SACLA, excuse is me, is the Safer Arizona Cannabis Legalization okay. Act. Thank you. It's just a mouthful to say, so okay. they have that little acronym. Yeah, um, under SACLA, anyone with a business license can sell cannabis. So that would mean that there's no hit list, if you will, for the federal government or the DEA um, to target uh, what, cannabis. What guarantees businesses. would you have with that, though? Like, because, I mean, let's face they do some sneaky underhanded mm-hmm. stuff. So. <laughs> well, at least um, officially, there would be no way of uh, distinguishing or, um, you know, kind of... Uh, on paper mm-hmm. having the names and addresses and information personal information. yeah mm-hmm. disclose I mean it's there would be no official documentation for that and therefore um, there would be a lot more difficulty in identifying people who are in the business of um, you know buying or selling cannabis and therefore um, the chances would theoretically be a lot lower that you would be targeted versus something that's all open and public record, basically. 